Welcome back to One Conversation, the podcast where we believe one conversation can change a life. Has anyone ever made you question your reality or made you feel like you can't trust your own memories, thoughts, or feelings? Today, we're going to break down 10 common examples of gaslighting and also discuss some of the ways we can deal with the situation if we find ourselves in a situation where gaslighting occurs. So before we jump into the examples of gaslighting, let's start by defining what gaslighting is. Gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse and thought manipulation. It is used to plant doubt in the mind of a person to make them question their own sanity. Gaslighting is often used in abusive relationships because it can destabilize the victim and create self-doubt. This can make them unable to think clearly and and create a dependency on the abuser, which in many cases, that's what the abuser wants. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. I mean, gaslighting is a tactic, you know, that one partner is using in an effort to exert power over, over the other person to gain control over them and to inflict emotional damage on the other person, which really causes the victim to question themselves, right? Or doubt their insanity, their judgment, and memories. And so this specific term gaslighting was coined after a 1939 movie called Gaslight by Patrick Hamilton. In this movie, a husband is intentionally making his wife question her reality and making her feel crazy in order to control her. He does things like, you know, dimming the gas lights within their home. And when the wife notices and questions if the lights are different, he will say, I don't know what you're talking about, right? You're crazy. Mm -hmm. There are many other examples um, throughout the movie of obviously this person gaslighting, you know, their partner. Yeah. And I remember um, for the first time seeing clips of that movie was actually in our crisis intervention training. We definitely play clips of that movie when we're kind of explaining that um and yeah it's just it's really impactful to kind of see how that can play out right and how really just over time questioning someone in that way and and making them really question you know what they're seeing what they're hearing has a really big effect right on that person their mental state and they begin to question everything and so before we dive in and really go over some kind of common phrases, things we may hear, um, you know, if we're in a gaslighting situation, uh, it's really important to know that gaslighting is something that's done with intention. And I know we've mentioned that for abuse before, right? So we've talked about, you know, abuse and abusive behaviors, they're done with intention. That's how we define that. So perhaps you've noticed that you've heard some of these phrases before that we're going to go over in a little bit, or maybe you've said some of them yourselves. Uh, but again, gaslighting and abuse it's all done with intention so keep that in mind as we go forward here so before we cover we're going to uh, go over 10 common examples today of what gaslighting can kind of sound like let's start by going over some red flags that we may recognize if we're in a gaslighting situation so number one red flag is that you're second guessing yourself and maybe more than usual or more than you're used to so maybe um you know they're saying that what happened to you is simply not true right uh, maybe you start to question if what we're doing or thinking or remembering is really trustworthy within ourselves right so really kind of going back and, and trying to place together like did that really happen or you know did i or did i not actually say that because i remember that happening right so just kind of second guessing yourself in that way within the relationship example number two of our red flags is that you find yourself excusing abusive behavior 
So maybe you don't want anyone to think badly about your partner, right? Or you don't want anyone to judge them. Maybe you're kind of giving them the excuses that, you know, it's just a bad day, or maybe they didn't mean to react that way, or they're not meaning to treat me like that. So we're kind of creating a pattern for excusing what's starting to occur there, right? So there's an understanding that the behavior isn't right or it isn't okay, but you're almost jumping to protect them, uh, almost like this is kind of in conditioning, right? That they always have a reason for why they're doing this to you. So you're really quick to kind of take that on and provide those excuses for them. Our last few red flags for gaslighting are lack of self-confidence. If someone's telling you all your memories didn't happen or what you believe to be true is being presented to you as not true, you will constantly question your own ability to remember, to make decisions, or to simply understand the world around you. The next red flag is struggle to make decisions on your own, especially considering you may be lacking confidence in your overall ability to remember things. Mm -hmm. And this is a powerful tool for any abuser to keep control over someone to make the decisions for them. And just being, you know, when you're questioning what your choices, what choices you're making and how you're making them, um, the abuser gets more control over the their partner right and lastly number five if you feel like you can't do anything right it makes those life choices harder because you're thinking that you can't do anything right that you need your abuser to kind of help you or guide you and that's kind of the dependency that the abuser wants the um the victim or survivor to to feel yeah absolutely so now that we have a way to define gaslighting right um and you know we have recognized some of those red flags let's go over some of the common gaslighting phrases that someone may hear if this is going on in their relationship and so one of those specific phrases is what did i do to you right so questioning what did i do to you a genuine person may not know or understand what they did that upset you and they are asking for clarification or to make the situation right but a gaslighter may use this phrase um, to kind of have you ask you know or question yourself and to minimize or deny their actions so it's really critical and important to know that yeah someone can genuinely be asking you know a question like this in a genuine way right but a gaslighter will actually use this as a tactic to have the victim or their partner question themselves now uh, the second phrase that someone may use is everyone around you isn't the problem the problem is you and so first mm. off this is definitely victim blaming, right? Making yeah. statements that cause you to feel like you're the problem will eventually make you question if you are the problem. Another way to manipulate, you know, that victim's thoughts and emotions and break down that person. And so again, this is another tactic that may be used, right? Um, and so, you know, what we know when it comes to gaslighting and any, you know, abusive relationship is that a lot of times the abuser is trying to find a way to have the victim question themselves and it may be in a psychological way. And so this is a great example of that. Um, making them feel like, you know, they're the problem. Um, and again, kind of minimizing and denying their actions and take, you know, kind of taking that responsibility and kind of shifting that blame on the victim. Yeah. And that's really big because we discussed in, I think, our domestic violence episode going over our wheel of you know, power and control, right? And kind of these ways that abuse could be carried out. And minimization is a really big one, right? Mm -hmm. And kind of 
making that person start to feel like it is their fault or if they do um, you know want to come to their partner and say like hey that wasn't okay really downplaying it right like that wasn't a big deal I don't know what you're talking about you know you're the reason why I acted that way and that is such a common thread and so thinking about that yeah it's really important that we kind of discussed that because I think that's a really big piece of of all of this right and gaslighting is this kind of minimization and this shifting of the the blame and the responsibility so next on the list uh the next phrase is I'm sorry you feel that way this one is really big for me personally because I feel like um I've been in, in a variety of relationships where uh you know maybe it wasn't gaslighting the entire time but there was definitely you know, pieces of gaslighting within those relationships. And that was the biggest one that I heard. And I'll share that even in my most, um, my most previous relationship I just got out of, that was huge. Uh, that was said a lot, right? I'm sorry you feel that way. It's really kind of making you feel like you're the problem or that, you know, you having a reaction to something that was done or said to you is the issue, right? Not what was said or what action was taken, but it's so sorry that that's just how you're choosing to interpret it. Um, and so this is really not taking ownership of that person's behavior or their actions. And it's extremely invaluating, right, to that person. Um, I remember times in hearing that and, you know, going through situations that were not right at all, right? And things that were not okay with me uh, or not okay to do or say to me. And when I would say like, hey, I'm upset about that and getting that, well, I'm sorry, you feel that way. It really felt like you were kind of just meeting a brick wall, right? That this person's really not caring, again, to have that accountability or to even start to search into like, well, how can I make it right? Or, you know, how can I make it up to this person? It's kind of putting that wall up. Like I'm not willing to kind of do that work, right? So it's a really recognizable one. Mm-hmm. Number four on the list is, I don't remember saying that. I think you made that up. This is another big one. And this may not be just in gaslighting relationships, right? I think maybe this is something that can kind of echo into, you know, other unhealthy or not so great relationships. Uh, but it's really intentionally used to get you to question yourself, right? Or maybe it's used to kind of, again, shift the responsibility or shift the conversation, right? Maybe what you're talking about Maybe that person does understand like, oh yeah, maybe I screwed up or I shouldn't have said that. But instead, if we don't want to address it or have that accountability, it's really easy, right? To say like, well, I don't even think I said that in the first place because then that that conversation can't even happen, right? So kind of another brick wall and a barrier for that conversation. And Lisa, I would just like to quickly circle back to the phrase, I'm sorry you feel that way. Someone may be asking themselves, well, what would be a correct way of apologizing, right? Or Mm -hmm. how can I apologize if you've caught yourself or found yourself stating that, you know, I think I statements are really big. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you could simply rephrase it by saying, I'm sorry, I made you feel that way, right? Someone that's stating that is taking responsibility and accountability for their actions opposed to making somebody feel like you mentioned, you know, like it's their fault for reacting that way or feeling that way, right? Um, And so I think it's really critical and important to know that, you know, in a healthy relationship, that's what you should be hearing, right? Like, I'm sorry, I made you feel that way, right? Or simply, I'm sorry. Um, I would not, you know, I, it was not my intention to make you feel that way. Um, but definitely making sure that someone's taking accountability when they're apologizing and not doing the opposite and blaming. And that's what we see in gaslighting. Absolutely. Which I think it's a nice shift into, um, kind of going what you said about, you know, the I statements, you know, focusing on the other person. So I feel like another common response would be, you know, it's their anxiety that may, 
that made me do whatever X, Y, and Z. So kind of shifting, you know, uh, focusing on what that person or just shifting that blame on the other person instead of what the abuser is doing. So just um, not taking any, like you guys were saying, not taking any accountability and just, you know, blaming my actions on the other person. Yeah. Um, and also another uh, phrase could be, you need help. This implies again, like you guys were saying, because I feel like all these things have these similar, very, they're very similar in a way, you know, yeah. shifting, um, implying that the problem is, is you the um, for bringing up issues and just kind of shutting it down and up, shutting it down in that, in that moment. So you won't really talk about whatever is going on and that the abuser won't have to take any account- accountability for, for the issues and have those, you know, those tough conversations that need to be had uh, just because the abuser feels like it's maybe not important or something that they don't want to, they don't want to deal with. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so some more, you know, phrases or red flags is, you know, it's your fault. People who tend to gaslight will not take responsibility for action for their actions. They will, you know, directly blame others specifically, you know, will blame the victim, their partner. And so this can be a cycle of you or that person constantly feeling like everything is their fault, right? Like they can't do anything right. And that is, you know, not a good feeling in a relationship. And it's definitely a sign that it's not a healthy relationship and you may be experiencing gaslighting. Another phrase that a gaslighter may use is you're too emotional, which really Mm. implies that, you know, your characteristics and sometimes either your gut feelings uh, can be seen as flaws. And so this will make, you know, that person question themselves as an individual um, that is being gaslighted, you know, and they may be asking themselves, am I too sensitive? Am I just being too dramatic? Am I blowing this out of proportion? You know, or um, they may be, you know, asking, you know, telling themselves, um, you know, I'm probably annoying if, you know, I have any emotional reaction or I'm going to annoy them. So I'm not going to do that. And so, you know, again, feeling like you can't really be yourself um, and, you know, that relationship when someone's being gaslighted and also feeling like that person's constantly blaming you for either, you know, your emotional responses or any action that you take. Yeah, and just think about that over time as well, right? I mean, if you're really going through things, if you're really, um, I mean, being mistreated, especially intentionally, right? And then just being told that, you know, you're just overreacting about it, you're too emotional, there's always a way to flip the narrative, flip the dialogue to it's your fault, you know, you caused it, and now you shouldn't be reacting that way. I mean, think about that effect on someone, right? And we talked about, I think it was the last, um, in one of our previous episodes, that feeling of walking on eggshells. It was in our red flag and green flag episodes. Uh, that constant feeling of walking on eggshells, right? Like you don't know what your behavior may um, cause your partner to do, right? Because at that point, you think it is you, right? You, mm-hmm. you really begin to think that it is my fault because I reacted that way. That's why they yelled. That's why they got physical with me, right? And so having that just kind of programmed in that you're always, you know, questioning your own emotions. I mean, how much power does that have, I think, over you, right? And also, like, how much of a feeling that you're just kind of living in survival mode, right? You're always looking over your shoulder. You you can't naturally react to anything, and you're always super timid um, about what's going to happen, right? If you do have what could be a really natural reaction to you going through something really uh, heavy, right, and really mistreating. 
And I think it's really critical and important to also recognize that after time, a victim starts believing these things, right? And that's how yeah. they're being gaslighted. And so maybe at the very beginning of the relationship, they may not believe the abuser, right? In regards to being too emotional or, you know, in regards to everything being their fault. But after time and constantly being told that, they start believing this, right? And especially if they're being yeah. isolated from family or friends, it's not like they can go and speak to someone that can look at the situation and see that there is either abuse happening or that that person's being gaslighted, right? And so the only thing that they're hearing is just that validation confirmation that, yeah, everything is their fault from their abuser. And so that's why it's so easy for them to believe that it is their fault. And there's times where we, the people that we serve, right, um, are coming in and talking to us about what's happening. And we can clearly see that they're being gaslighted, right? But, right. you know, they truly believe that some of those actions, some of those abusive actions that their partner took was based on what they did, right? Their actions and that it's their fault. And it's just from being, you know, psychologically coerced so much from their abuser that they start believing that. I'm really happy that you mentioned that because, um, yeah, that's huge. And that's something that, yeah, it's really, I think, hard for a lot of people to see, right? Like gaslighting, I think it is in tandem with all these other uh, forms of control and manipulation, especially. I mean, it's it's really hard, I think, for someone to recognize, right? Because mentally, again, like that dialogue has just been shifted over time and time again, right? Of hearing things like this and really starting to internalize that it is my fault, right? Or I'm doing something to maybe deserve this. And so thank you for, for mentioning that. Of course. I feel like some people also get really good at gaslighting, you know, the, the abusers, they yeah. make it so subtle where it's really hard to pick up on, on that, on um, the form that they're gaslighting. So it's a tough, tricky situation that they do this often. They do this all, like a lot of the times and then it just becomes so normal that they're so slick in the way that they use these tactics with, with their victims. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's, that's what makes it so hard to, um, to kind of catch on and pick up on. Yeah. And we talked about too, right? Every relationship, unhealthy, healthy, or abusive, every single relationship starts off in the honeymoon phase, right? Like things mm -hmm. just don't occur right from the get-go. So, you know, it probably is a relationship built on love, on trust, on thinking that this person is such um, a good fit for you. And then, you know, it could happen starting so subtle, right? That these little mm -hmm. things that maybe you're kind of questioning yourself or kind of feeling a little bit like Ugh, about right some of those red flags yeah. we talked about in that episode you know sometimes it's easy to kind of just try to brush those off and dismiss when you're like but this is a great relationship otherwise right but after kind of again time and time again you know going through and maybe you know these things are getting more prevalent in the relationship you're starting to hear more and more often then yeah it's it's really um it could be really tricky for that person to even recognize right it's kind of like that there's an analogy, right? It's kind of like getting dropped um, in a pot of water, right? It's kind of, you know, these unhealthy relationships, it doesn't feel like you're just getting dropped in like the, the boiling water, right? And having that awful feeling, it's the slow burn process, mm -hmm. right? Where you're in that water, um, it, the heat's being turned up and now you're starting to feel that effect, but you're already deep in it, right? And so it's kind of hard to get out at that point. That's a good analogy. Yeah, I remember <laughs> hearing that. I was less like, that's, I mean, it's kind of like a, heavy analogy to hear but I was yeah. like wow that just it makes a lot of sense right and I think this gaslighting can feel a lot of the same way right it doesn't exactly feel like that to begin with but all of a sudden over time you're just you're in it and you're in it really deep and you don't even recognize kind of what's happening to you right 
And so moving on, we got our last two phrases. Uh, so our second to last is that it's not a big deal. Just that common phrase, it's not a big deal. So again, really minimizing, right? Like really shifting responsibility for whatever behavior that that partner has done or maybe what they've said uh, and making it feel like you are making a bigger deal out of it than it should be, right? And then number, number 10, our last one, why are you so defensive all the time? You're the one that's attacking me. And so again, back to that, we're shifting that blame responsibility. We're making that partner who maybe is just questioning, right? Like, why did you choose to say that to me? Or why did you choose to approach me like that or speak to me like that? Making them feel like they're the ones, right? Well, now coming at me, you're the one that has a problem. So I don't know why, you know, you're so defensive. You're obviously the one in the wrong. And those kind of conversations I think can get so icky and um, heated, but also it's, it's really quick for that person to realize, I think that, you know, again, there's no resolution that's gonna come out of this conversation. You went in probably after something occurred to you that was just, you know, disrespectful or unfair or unjust and trying to bring that up constantly, you know, you're, you're getting that, you're the one that's doing this or you're the one that's being super defensive. You're the one that's attacking me now. And once that narrative shifts, right, there's, there's really no having a conversation usually beyond that. And so now that we've kind of mentioned all those common phrases, and again, those are just um, this kind of list of 10 that's common. Of course, there could be other you know phrases that live outside of this list. But now that we've kind of covered those common phrases, let's talk about what we can do if we recognize that maybe we're experiencing these things a lot, or maybe someone that we love is experiencing these things. So number one, seeking support is huge. And, you know, especially a professional, if that is possible, because really what this is, it's emotional abuse. That's, that's what gaslighting is. It's emotional and psychological mm -hmm. abuse. And sometimes we need that trained ear, right? Uh, that trauma specialist, that counselor, and that could be extremely healing. But also, you know, we don't devalue that a lot of the time our friends and family can be great supports to us. Um, and especially just to do fact checking, right? So backing up a little bit, maybe we're hearing that, you know, I never said that, you're crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. That never happened. Sometimes having friends and family that can kind of do that fact checking, right? Maybe they were there in a situation. Maybe they overheard a conversation. So maybe you can kind of um, lean on them, right? To question or affirm that your memories do match up to that reality of what happened, right? Because we know that's a really big piece of this. And also stay on topic as much as possible in conversations. Again, and kind of like that last, you know, that last uh, phrase we mentioned, you know, why are you so defensive? You're the one that's attacking me. This is a great tactic that that, you know, manipulative person is using to shift the topic of the conversation, right? We're not talking about what actually happened. I'm creating this whole other issue now that we can battle over. And so, um, you know, gaslighters are really excellent at changing the, the concern or shifting to another issue, shifting the blame onto you, um, especially, you know, it's something that you did wrong. And so you can always suggest that you know maybe your partner does bring up well well you did this to me and that was really hurtful right in the heat of a conversation you can always suggest that hey you know what like we can absolutely talk about that if you do want to chat about that if that's something that upset you we can absolutely chat about that but right now in this moment we're talking about this and that's what we're discussing again we can have those outside conversations we can you know um talk that through but right now this is what we're focused on and that could be a really hard thing again like miguel said i think gaslighters they're really good at this manipulation right it's kind of like they maybe have done it enough where it's kind of second nature right um but really trying as hard as you can to really stick to that could be really helpful in those conversations 
And then also just trusting your gut. You know, gaslighters will challenge your gut instincts so much that you may start to challenge your own yourself and question, you know, what, what you're doing, your the decisions that you're making. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our gut, our gut instinct isn't always going to be 100% true um, or 100% right, but it's important to recognize that gut feeling and just kind of explore where this is coming from, you know, is yeah. not just to shut it down right away, but to kind of think like, what's going on right now? Why am I feeling this way? Did something happen? Just kind of exploring your gut feeling a little bit more and just trusting yourself because I feel like that gut feeling is there for a reason. We all have it. Mm-hmm. It's that instinct that we have for survival. So just kind of exploring that a little bit more and just seeing what comes from it. Another t- thing to do would be to know your um, that feelings matter. You know, your feelings, I don't believe that there's wrong feelings. I feel like feelings, everybody's entitled to have their feelings and just being able to acknowledge what you're feeling and just feel those feelings because you're entitled to them. You know, your experiences are very unique depending on what you're experiencing. Those feelings are valid good, bad, whatever those feelings are, which I don't believe there's any bad feelings, but whatever these feelings are, I think it's important to just kind of, and it's part of being, it's part of being human being, a human being. And I feel like it's what makes us unique because it guides a lot of our decision-making, our instincts. So I just feel like feelings are important to take into consideration. Yeah. And we know that again, kind of listening to all this today, right? Just going over these common examples, you know, someone that's going through this is going to be really challenged, right? All the feelings and emotions that they have come up, uh, you know, it's really common that all of those by their, you know, gaslighting partner, those things are going to be challenged, right? Or told that that's not okay, or that's wrong. And so, yeah, just really remembering that, right? Um, and we talked about that in just our last episode with Chris Kokoras, which was such a great conversation talking about how important, right, it is, especially through, um, you know, maybe sometimes bad things that are occurring, like really owning your feelings and really recognizing those feelings and emotions and and knowing how much that that's important to do that right it's important to kind of just let yourself settle into those no matter how they feel um, and just recognizing those so absolutely so with all that being said I mean we could have really gone off I think we could have gone off a lot uh, further this conversation we'll probably swing back to this sometime in the future and you know have another chat about this but I think today um, just really understanding really giving the definition for gaslighting really going over some of these phrases I know even for me kind of you know doing the research on this compiling a lot of these phrases I mean we knew what gaslighting was walking in today, but some of these phrases, especially, I was like, oh yeah, right? Like they kind of really stuck out and really, I think are so helpful in painting this picture of what this could really look and sound like in real time. Um, Because especially for me, I think sometimes when maybe individuals are curious about certain things and they go, you know, on the internet and they start doing research, you know, we can get definitions on stuff. We can kind of see how it's typed out. Um, But until we really hear like what it can actually sound like or what it could actually feel like, like that's the most, I think, powerful thing. Right. And so I think a lot of these phrases, maybe there's a lot of people out there today that had some aha moments again, right in the beginning, we said, you know, maybe you realize that some of these things have been said to you or are being said to you, maybe you realize that you've said these things to other people, right? And so I think today was a really great space just to kind of put this information out there um, and really just provide some kind of alternate things we can do, right? And, And different ways we can kind of approach this and ways we can navigate kind of getting support or supporting ourselves if this is happening. And so that being said, perfect time. We're gonna move into a nice little meditation today. So I would love it if our listeners out there, if my co-hosts are willing to take on this meditation at this time, just find yourself into a comfortable seated position, 
somewhere you can just fully relax. Start taking nice deep breaths at your own pace as you're adjusting in your seat. Take a deep breath in and out. Deep breath in and out. Continue with this breathing. You can make your inhales the same length as your exhales. If you would like, you can inhale on a count of three and exhale for a count of three. If you haven't yet, gently close your eyes and breathe in. Really welcome yourself to this present moment. As you breathe slowly in and out, remind yourself that this is time for you and you alone. Allow no distractions, no worries, no to-do lists to interfere with your time. On your exhales, start relaxing muscles in your body. You can start at the top of your head Relaxing the muscles in your face, down your neck and shoulders, in your chest and belly, relaxing your legs all the way down to your toes. Feel a sense of stillness begin to deepen your breath. Feel your connection with the ground beneath you, whether it be the feet on the floor. Feel that connection and continue to breathe. Every exhale, just allow yourself to let go. Start to breathe in some self-compassion and exhale any anxiety. Breathe in a sense of worthiness and exhale any frustration. Just remember that this is your time to connect, to feel empowered, and to let go. On your next inhale, hold the breath for two counts before your exhale. Your 
repeat that breathing for a few breaths. Slow breath in, hold for two, and exhale. On your next inhale, take a deep breath in, really fill your lungs, and a big exhale through your mouth. Again, big inhale in, really filling your lungs. Exhale any anxiety. One last deep breath in. Exhale anything you need to let go of. And when you're ready, return to your normal breathing. Start to shift your awareness back into your body, back into your seats. Slowly wake up, wiggle your fingers and your toes. Make any bodily adjustments you want to. Feel free to take a stretch. Thank you so much, Lisa. That was such a lovely meditation. I think it really allowed me to detach from my thoughts. So that's, it was amazing. Thank you. Good. That was our goal. And to all our listeners for further information on today's topic, which was gaslighting, please look at our linked resources below. We just want to thank you all for taking the time to learn about this important conversation, and we hope you'll join us for our next One Conversation episode.